They say every watch tells a story. Family. Moments. Lifetimes. With La Touraine, this is a watch that spans generations, not just from where it came from, but for where it will go. Knowing one of these, having one of these, is what? Being a professional, being casual, and being you is all about. From our family to yours, La Touraine. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Michael, and of course, you're listening to the Air Attack podcast, and we have a huge special guest, uh, literally clear across the ocean, and it's an honor we finally uh, got this taken care of, but uh, I'm excited to have Seraphin. Seraphin is an international rugby player out of, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, but Sarlette rugby team over in France. Uh, I don't know much about the sport, but trust me, I'm excited to to know more and to even listen to his um, his style and and his lifestyle over there. So, nonetheless, uh, Seraphin, welcome, my man. Hey, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be with you. I will try to inter- introduce you to rugby. Hey, I'm honored to to know the sport. You know, here in America, it's it's growing some. Uh, it's not a huge sport, but Nonetheless, um, for all the listeners out there, uh, I guess start off is uh, tell us a little about yourself and and what Seraphin's all about. Well, um, I'm Argentinian. Uh, I started playing rugby rock in Argentina when I was four years old. And, uh, at the very beginning, it was just a hobby, you know. I just do it for fun to be with my friends. Uh, I'm, from one day to another, I realized that I was, let's say, good, good at it. So uh, I started having calls from a national team and uh, from clubs from above Europe to to play down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here I am. I, I, I play in Italy. I play in England as well. Now I'm here in, in France. I travel a bit the world uh, with, with rugby. Wow. And so <clears throat> here you are in Argentina, of course, moved over. What was the what was the what was the final sales pitch, if you will, to the transfer from or to move from Argentina over to France? Uh, first time actually was from Argentina to Italy. Gotcha. Uh, and then from from Italy to England and from England to France. But the what made me make the decision was probably that I didn't I didn't know what to do in Argentina. <laughs> I was I was kind of stuck. Yes, sir. I just fi- finished school. Uh, was not sure if I wanted to study, to work, to play rugby. Uh, they just called me from one day to another, and they they made me an offer. It was quite good, so I took the decision to come uh, to Italy just to live the experience, you know, and see what happened. And I like it actually. I like it. 
I didn't I I didn't really care about money. I didn't really care about um being a professional rugby player at the very beginning. It was all about the experience. And then uh, it became my job. Kind of interesting you brought that up. You know, a lot of people nowadays, at least here in America, it's sound it's more the biggest uh, biggest thing that there is instead of just a passion to play for this specific sport, whether it's football, um, American football, football, soccer, or uh, basketball, what have you. When it comes to passion, what is it about rugby that just drives you to be the best that you can be on the field? Uh, actually, I think that is that willing that you have to see your, your, your teammates, your friends, and to to train for each other, to play for each other, to be together at, at all time. Because uh, outside the field, I was also very close to them. I am very close to them. But back in Argentina, my first club, Olivos, uh, I was all the time with my friends. Uh, and as I told you, we took it as a hobby as the very beginning. But then you start getting competitive and you always want more and more and more. So uh, the excuse to be all together, maybe it was let's go to to the club, let's let's run a bit, let's let's train, let's let's try to do some movements and stuff. Uh, that was the our motivation, let's say. I like that, and you know, like I you know mentioned prior, I don't know much about the sport, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to learn bits and pieces. But if you quiz me, I would epically fail, nonetheless. Um, What's the difference from American football to rugby? I know obviously there's not helmets and pads and all that, but what's the difference if there is some from rugby to what they were called American football? Well, I would say that rugby is much more dynamic. Uh, while in American football, you have stops every single time you go, you go down. In rugby, you go down and you keep playing. Uh, you also, I don't, this is very basic, but you need to pass the ball backwards. When in American football, you pass it forward. Right. That's a, that's quite a big difference. And then uh, I would say that also in rugby, you have the same 15 players that play attack defense or, or, or they kick, you know. Uh, you're not changing your, your whole um, squad every single time or depending on the play. So pretty much what you're saying, you got to be in fit, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the is the scoring the same when you score? I, I don't know what. So what do you guys call it when you score? What we would consider a touchdown? What is? It's a try. Try, okay. Yeah, it's a try. So when you score a try, that's five points. Okay. Then then you need to kick a, um, at posts. That is two points. We call that a, a conversion. And then you also have penalties and drop kicks. That they are three points. Uh, so it's basically the same kicking at post, but in play. Gotcha. And, and cause I was always, cause I've, you know, here we got uh, the big league is now major league rugby. It's, it is the professional here. And, and very few times I'll flip it to, I think it's CBS network, something to that degree to where I may watch it. Don't know what's going on, but Hey, it's, it, it's sports and it's action, you know, it's, it's action and obviously physical, uh, the physicalness during the season, um, what's your off or off season during your season? What's your routine to continuously to stay fit um, throughout the season? Well, here with um, with the club with Salah Rugby, uh, we train every single morning. We are like around thirty five players who train morning and evening. Uh, so, not sorry, we are twenty five who train in the morning and in the evening and 
also on the evenings we have another 30 players joining us so we are like 65 70 around uh so we have our our fitness coach and and whatnot uh we try to stick to to his plans and, and to his fitness uh, programs uh but anyway even if you do everything uh as you said as you mentioned before it's a it's a contact sport uh injuries will happen uh, sooner or later uh, and that's why we need 65 players and then just 15 end up going to to the field roughly or i shouldn't say roughly um for example, American football here is roughly from August to December-ish. What's the usual season for you guys during what months and how long is this, uh, is, is the rugby season for you? For us, it's pretty much the same. Nine, nine months, I would say September to April, May, maybe. I'm, I'm not even sure, actually. But we play uh, 20, 20, 22, 24 games. Oh, wow. During the whole season, yeah. And then if we move to the final... Um, to the how you call it to the final phases mm-hmm. we we play probably six more games wow so it's a long season for you guys to where it's literally grind the grindingness through the season of course that you know being physically tired and, and i'm sure drain once it gets closer to the end of the year it is definitely mentally on you guys for, for a while yeah th- this is the worst part by far because uh, it's starting to be cold so every hit is 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 even worse. <clears throat> you mentioned that, and that's interesting. What what does the cold weather do to you guys? Is it more because it's more physical without padding? It's more just on the body, or is it just the physicalness of within the cold weather that kind of hurts you guys? Or what's the diff? What makes it rough in the in the cold weather? Uh, probably the heats. You can feel them more. You're not warm enough, you know. Right. But also, uh, it rains a lot here in France in in winter. But, but ma- basically everywhere. And when you play with um, with rain, so that the field is wet, it's difficult to to maintain balance and stuff. So hits are much worse. You have people flying uh, over the over the ball, over the over the heads of the others. It's quite bad when it rains. I'm not very physical. I'm I'm not the guy who who will be making the big hits and stuff. I'm kind of the of the playmaker, you know, of the quarterback. So uh, I try to stay apart from the big guys, let them <laughs> fight. Uh, they do their, they do their job. I do mine. <laughs> Mostly when it rains. <laughs> During the season, um, I know how. What's the fan base like? Is the fans passionate? Is it a big sport where you're at? I know you know football is a, is a big thing, but is, is rugby up there with with football and and the passion for the fans to watch you guys week in and week out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fans are crazy. Mostly here in France, even more in here, uh, they're crazy about the game. Uh, I, I'm I know football is crazy here. I I didn't go to see much yet, but rugby is crazy too. I can guarantee you. Uh, Games are uh, are crazy with the fans. The stands are so close to the pitch. People screaming at you, yelling, uh, or, or maybe encouraging you. you. It depends if you play home or away. Uh, on social media, it goes crazy as well. You, you get a lot of messages from people uh, hoping for the worst and for the best, you know. But yeah, people is, I don't know, they, they're so passionate. I think it's, it's a, a French thing, you know. <laughs> Hey, you, I think it's a worldwide thing. I know here in America, 
I, I think they're more passionate, I'm sure, for, for American football. But interesting you brought that up because I was actually that was kind of leading to the next the next uh, question was when it comes to social media, of course, it's a huge thing across the world. Doesn't matter. Seems like when you get tweets or messages or whatever else uh, social media platform that you're on, let's just say you guys took a loss and they're blaming you for the for the loss or, or whatever. Just in general, how do you how do you react? Um, how do you respond if you do, or how do you act to, unfortunately, that negativity from that certain fan or or trolls, if you will, of other teams to like after that game? Well, first of all, I never write back. Never write awesome. back. I let them talk. Uh, it's part of the sports mm-hmm. nowadays, uh, but actually, it does affect. I th- I think whoever tells you that. Uh, he doesn't care. He's lying. Yeah. You, know? uh, you read everything what's going on. You try not to think about it. But when you're there, or after the game, maybe if you had a bad game, you think like, oh my gosh, now social media is gonna be crazy. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna receive a lot of messages and stuff. But uh, uh, luckily, I I never had that bad uh, messages. You know, even if uh, sometimes they kind of blame me or stuff, uh, it's all right. It's part of the game. I, I take responsibility of my of my mistakes. You know, nothing nothing else to do. Absolutely, and I applaud you for that because you know, unfortunately, a lot of people like to, I guess, if you will, kind of poke at the bear again once you know the tweets or whatever may come. Um, have excuse me during. During, of course, COVID of last year, um, did you guys play much rugby of, of in 2020 due to COVID? Or if not, um, how did it take take a toll on you, first of all, with COVID uh, spreading across the world? And how did you continue to prepare to stay in shape? Or what could you be able to do during that time span that you may or may not been able to to um, stay stay in the group or even play yeah at the very beginning i just thought that it was going to be like you know two weeks three weeks and then everything will come back to normal but uh actually no it lasted very long i I don't even know how much it lasted now uh so at the very beginning i still motivated you know first month two months i was very focused like keep training keep doing your thing blah 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 uh, but after two months, May, I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm not, go- I'm not running anymore until we, we know what's, what's going to happen. Uh, but it was quite hard. Uh, I, must, uh, I must say it was quite hard. Mostly uh, the, the third, fourth, fifth months, they were terrible. Uh, I, I felt that I was going to be there forever. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But after that, um, the first restrictions, let me think. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, so I was in England. There was no lockdown, nothing at all at the very beginning. It was quite chill. Then I moved to France because uh, I need to find another club because I was out of contract in England and the league was not, not starting. So here in France, the league was starting. So I'm moving here. Um, uh, that was my first season with Salah, but we just played like five or six games and it was cancelled again. Uh, but we, ke- we kept training the, the whole time, even if we didn't play, with the hope of uh, starting again the, the season, but never happened. Wow. That's, you know, that's interesting. And, you know, I know COVID across the world took effect of one way or another 
set aside rugby, and I've always asked everyone that comes on the podcast um, the same question, so it's definitely nothing different. Um, during that span of COVID, you know, in your era might be longer than it was here in America or whatever the case may be. From a personal standpoint, what did COVID teach you that maybe we continued to not really so much focused on? Like, for example, for me, it was, you know, time spent with friends and family because, you know, we were always too busy or whatever to, to do what we had to do with our friends or family. Um, so that kind of, of course, with everything closed, you know, then I realized more family time, obviously. Um, but during, you know, from a personal standpoint, what did COVID teach or even can it might be still currently teaching you um, about yourself that you kind of realize or it came, might have came up during COVID? Uh, I would say, uh, as you said, probably uh, enjoy enjoy every every single thing you do, you know. Uh, at the very beginning, it was normal to go out with friends and, and make a barbecue or whatever, or, or go dinner with the family or or whatnot. But uh, then now it's, it's, it's a special, you know. Uh, every time I uh, I go out with with my with my with the boys, I I'm glad uh, I'm happy to to be back to normal. Uh, before COVID, what we call uh, normal, what we used to call normal life, it was very good, man. It was very good. We didn't we didn't we didn't know that it was this good. Uh, but after all the restrictions and stuff, uh, it was it was it was hard. It was actually hard. Uh, but now. At least in here, everything is is back to normal, you know. Only thing that is annoying me at the moment is the mask, maybe, because it's kind of itchy with the mustache, you know. So it's, it's quite bad. But uh, <laughs> after that, uh, I, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Uh, I think it's kind of over. Hopefully, it's over. I don't know. I like, I like that. I'm not. I'm not a uh, the mask part myself. But definitely, you know. Well, I had a beard that was a little bit longer than this, but. You know, it always messed it up and made it look like I didn't even take care of it that morning. So I know what you mean when it comes when it comes to your mustache. Yeah, it's so bad. It's so annoying. But if it if you're not obviously playing rugby or practicing or, or prepping for the season or during the season, what do you like to do for fun that's that's outside of rugby? Uh, that's difficult, but it, it would be cooking for sure. Nice. I, I'm not very good, I, I must say. But uh, during the first uh, lockdown, we all had that moment where we try to cook, where we try to do yoga, where we try to do. We all we all went through the same uh, stuff. But I I found cookie cooking quite quite good, quite cool. Nice. What what's your favorite dishes to cook? Uh, I must admit that I'm very good doing uh, Italian Italian food, risotto or pasta. Mm. Amazing. That sounds, that even sounds good. I know it's nine o'clock, a little after nine here, central time in the morning, but for a breakfast, I'll, I'll say that look, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Trust me. <laughs> what does the off season going back to rugby, what does the off season look like for you preparing for the upcoming season? Uh, anything different from during the season or anything you kind of focus on more uh, during the off season to kind of prepare for camp and, and the season? Well, after the season, you probably do. Uh, you probably take two weeks to completely chill and recovery for all the hits and stuff. And then in rugby, mostly you have uh, on the preseason, you have um, you try to. Uh, I don't even know how to say, it, but you try to to grow your muscles because during the season, with all the hits and 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 the, 
and the tiredness you're going to feel, uh, you won't be able to to hold on to the same level and hold on to the same strength, you know? So, for example, in my case, I start every single season with 95 kgs and I end every single season with 90 kgs because it just goes down, 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 down uh, until uh, you attack preseason again and, and you get those five kilograms again. But it's very difficult to maintain the same weight. That's interesting. Yeah, I never thought of that. Of course, it's more physical, obviously, than football mm-hmm. just because it's, it's literally body on body. Is there any special techniques or uh, massages or any or treatments? There you go. Um, that you guys take after the game because I know it's obviously a huge hit on your guys' body, muscle wise, etc. Is there any special techniques to help, or is it just more just your typical massage and let let your body heal by itself? No, it's typical massage mostly. I mean, I've tried everything and it's still sore. So uh, whatever. Whatever you do helps you a bit, but there's not a magical receipt, you know? <clears throat> kind of sticking with rugby, and it's an interesting sport for me. And um, when it comes to coaching, do you have one head coach? Do you have a few head coaches? Because in like American football, you have quite a – it's a large staff. In rugby, how many coaches do you guys have um, that kind of oversees, or is it maybe just one that oversees, or how does it break down, if you will, uh, each responsibility? Well, so you have two different units. You have the the forwards and the backs. So the forwards are the big guys uh, who all the time go to contact and and are fighting against the others. And the backs are the the smaller guys, the fast guys who try to who are the, the runners basically, you know, uh, who once the forwards make their job and and and, and make some space in the defense. We're trying to run to run through, and then you have nine and ten, which is a scrum half and um, fly half, which is me, and we try to connect both units, you know. So it's like the, like the two quarterbacks. Uh, so as coaches, we have uh, probably three or four coaches. We have defense coach, uh, offensive coach, um, what else? Backs and forwards, probably. That's what we have at, in here at least. And we're obviously the fitness coach, so five totally. In in France, and it might not be a might be a weird question probably to ask, I'm sure. But is there where is rugby more popular? If even such a thing, is there a certain part of France that rugby is more popular in, um, maybe than others, or is it just throughout? It's pretty pretty solid throughout. Uh, it's pretty pretty even everywhere. Uh, anyway, I, I'm not sure, but I heard that here in the south where we are. Southwest is mm-hmm. is the the craziest uh, fans. You have the craziest fans. Are those the ones that now? <laughs> kind of just curious. Of course, uh, you get them American football. Do you have your shirtless guys that will uh, spray paint their bodies during the match, or you don't? No, nah. you don't see that as much. No, I don't know. Not, nothing like that in here. Because <laughs> I know, I know here in American football, it, it's. I don't know. I personally wouldn't do that, nonetheless. But. Um, you know, power to you if, if that's what <laughs> if that's what you guys like. But uh, I was kind of curious if you have those crazy guys that are out there shirtless and paint, you know, paint their maybe chest or back or both, doesn't matter, uh, during the matches. No, nothing like that. I didn't even know that they, they've done – they do that on, on football, on American football. Not as much. Um, uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland – your colder areas – 
are more uh, for some reason I don't know why uh, is more of the uh, the shirtless guys. I don't know if it's the, uh, the the coldness and maybe I don't know, but it's definitely not my cup of tea nonetheless. But uh, I was kind of curious. <laughs> well, that's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> um, when it comes to weather, um, is there a certain kind of weather you prefer to play in? And uh, I'm sure you guys play in rain just as much as everybody else does. Yeah, no, but uh, obviously sunny, 25 degrees, no wind, uh, people drinking beer, party after game. That That's a, a, a proper rugby game. When it, when it's raining and stuff, it's not even rugby anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't call it rugby. Is there, where all countries have you actually played in or even played as a, do you travel much, I guess I can say, uh, when it comes to rugby? And if so, where all have you traveled to? To, uh, to play a match? Well, we've been in the whole UK, so Ireland, Wales, um, and England, and Scotland, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been in Brazil once, well, Argentina, obviously, South Africa a few times, Italy, France now. Uh, I think that's all. But the craziest, the craziest is by far uh, here in France. Um, even, even though... Uh, England is pretty special too. England, uh, I think it was 2019. Uh, they played the the final game of the World Cup against South Africa. They lost, uh, and the World Cup was in Japan. You know, so uh, the game was probably at 9 a.m. back in England. So I woke up and I went to the supermarket because I need to go to supermarket to the supermarket before the game started, and. Um, all the people was already in the pub, you know, drinking beer, 8.30 a.m., waiting for the game. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I was having a coffee, you know, and they were drinking beer and stuff. Right. I don't mind beer, but I don't know if I can do that 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. That'd be a little tough for me. Yeah, no way, man. <laughs> I got my coffee right here, and I think I'll, uh, I'll, think I'll stick to that. Um, kind of keeping track of, you know, breakfast and lunch. Is there a certain uh, meal plan that you gotta stick to on game day? Kind of keep it light, or what's your what's your normal game day meal for you? Uh, when I was young, they told me pasta before games, so I stick to pasta. I don't even know why, because a few times I I've eaten chicken or or fish or whatever, and it didn't really change. In my opinion, at least, I don't know. Maybe for other people, pasta worked perfectly. But uh, I'm not very uh, organized with that. Uh, I don't really follow a schedule or or a meal. Sticking to the game, um, I know it's an odd question. I'm kind of curious. So I was doing some research last night, and the ball actually looks like a potential egg-shaped, maybe. I don't know what you call that. Is there a particular reason as to why that ball is is kind of like an egg? Not really so much an egg-shaped, but kind of like an A-shaped form. Is there particular reason or is that just how it's always been throughout mankind it's it's how it's always been uh, and it's not very good you know because it's difficult to kick difficult to catch difficult to pass when it bounces you never know which way which way it's going to bounce uh, so I, I don't know i think it's part of the sport it's part of rugby i was kind of curious if there's a different if there's a reason for it or maybe it held held up a little bit better I don't know, but uh, I hate the guy who who have chosen uh, this 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 kind of, of shape. Man. 
it would be much easier if it's a normal ball, you know, a rounded ball. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> your your uh, your answer is a lot better than mine. I would have said I have no idea. Um, but um, no, nonetheless, what's the average? Do you see guys um, play in their 40s, close to 50? Or is there a certain age limit that rugby's like after, let's say, I'm 33, so let's say just 33, just throw it out there. After 33, that's about it because the the, the physicalness of the sport is just too much on the body. Uh, it, it depends on you, but I would I would say not more than 35, 36. Wow. I mean, I mean, we we have some Tongan boys that play mm -hmm. with us that they are like two meters, 120 kgs. They can play until they die. I mean, but me, they are, I'm not that big. Uh, it's probably 30, 32, 33, and th that would be all. Very nice. Um, you talk about the 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 big guys up front, if you will. What's the average weight, if you know? What's the average weight of those big guys up front? Um, like in rugby, is it, I know I know here in American football they can range anywhere from big guy three hundred and fifty to four, I'm sure. But um, what's the average size up that on the on the big guys? On the big guys is probably hundred and thirty kgs. Probably, I'm not I'm not sure, but uh, it's around that. And and you don't really have many of these in your team. You just have two, maybe three. But then you also need the players who, who can't run, you know. Uh, but here we have a, a one Tongan, one Georgian, and one Fijian, and they are over 120 easy. Mm -hmm. When it comes to playing throughout, and a few a few more questions. When it comes to to playing uh, the actual sport during during the game, what are the key factors to continue to the key factors in the game that you kind of have to focus on while you're playing, if there is any. Uh, it really depends on, on what's your game plan, but I would say that uh, territory first, uh, possession, and I don't know, probably try to score as many points as you can. I mean, I mean, take all your chances, taking all your chances, you know, every time you, you get the territory and you get the possession, just try to to score. If it's not a try, just try to make some points, you know. So you always come back. So we always lose possession, at least scoring scoring points. How? How? What's the age? What's the starting age? And someone just uh, texts me, and I know who he is. Uh, he's a former. He's also a podcaster as well. What's the average age that a lot of people may start playing rugby at a young age? What's usually the average age to when guys or even ladies start playing rugby i said it when i was four but i would say that most of the people start between uh five and 12 13 if you start after 13 then probably you you're not going to be that good mate i mean you you lost the the basis the basics so i would say between four or five or and 13 it's just it's just my, my opinion my guess right, you know, right, uh, of course yeah very That's nice it. I'll have to tell my uh, my <laughs> my kids to go out there and start playing. Um, what's the difference uh, from the same guy between 15s and 7s rugby? Well, actually, the amount of players. Rag normal rugby, you're playing 15, and, mm. and then 7s, uh, you're playing with 7, as you can guess. Uh, but it's the same, the same pitch, 
So uh, obviously, when you play sevens, you have much more space. Uh, to play sevens, you need to be so fast, really fast, uh, really fit, because you can imagine that after two or three plays, you're, you're dead because you, you, you run too much. Uh, and on the other case, when you play 15, you can be more physical and, 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 and bigger, you know? You don't need to run that much as in and was and was as when you play sevens. Uh, no one, I know you mentioned it earlier um, in the podcast. Is what's the reasoning behind the fact that you guys cannot pass the ball forward? I thought that was kind of interesting. Why is it always backwards? <laughs> I don't know, man. The rules are the rules. That's <laughs> kind of I like that answer. No, I was kind of curious. Um, you know, if that was just uh, – if there was a reason for it or if they just, hey, this is how we're going to play it. Either way, I think it's interesting nonetheless. I think it's kind of cool because, you know, people always get confused as if you're passing uh, backwards, it, the play should go the other way, but instead you're continuing to move forward. So, no, yeah, I, I don't know. If we pass it forward, it's basically American football. Boom. So. I like that. A <laughs> <laughs> um, few more questions to end out. Uh Real quick, um, you look at um, you're looking at overall uh, the overall season. Is there anything you know week in and week out? Is there any certain um, particular skills that you've always continued to pr- improve on? Or when you watch film, how do you critique yourself? I guess is a question I should ask. Is how do you critique yourself from a personal standpoint instead of maybe from a coach? And of course, your your lovely fans, but from a personal standpoint. Uh, how do you critique yourself and not to put too much pressure on yourself and continue to improve on whatever uh, areas that it may be? Uh, well, I, I'm actually the kicker. So probably kicking oh. is the one, the one I focus the more. Uh, but yeah, I actually watch every single game three, four times, mm-hmm. take note of everything, uh, see what, I, what I've done well, what I've done wrong and try to improve it over the week, you know? Uh, it's not only about skills, it's about, in my case at least, it's about uh, reading the game, knowing knowing when to when to play, when to kick, when to play territory or when to, I don't know, hold on to the ball. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, as I told you before, I'm basically the quarterback. I'm basically, I'm basically the, the brain of the team. Uh, everyone responds to me. I mean, I'm the one who, who manages what the others do. So, uh, I make a lot of decisions and I make a lot of mistakes as well. Uh, so uh, that's basically to, uh, I try to study the game after, after the, after, after the game, actually, after the, the when, when we have the video, when we have the replay. And lastly, to end on the show, um, if, if you could, if you could um, do anything, uh, growing up, so obviously you play, started playing rugby. If, if rugby was not an option when you were growing up, what was one? What was another dream of yours, or or even what was one of your goals to to maybe see yourself doing as a as a career? Well, I, I would probably play uh, basket or football. You know, mm-hmm. there's more there's more money in there, mate. Yes, there made, is. <laughs> yeah, I made the wrong choice, but uh, I was too young. I was too young. I didn't mm-hmm. know about that. Uh, yeah, but probably I'm a big fan of basketball mm-hmm. or maybe soccer. I don't know, but 
those two could be an option. Hey, I like that. Nothing wrong. I'm not a very good basketball player, but uh, nonetheless, I like basketball, and I can see you doing that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously, as every single sport you you watch on the TV, you think that you're very good at it. You know, like, like oh, come on, man, I can do that shot. I can take that shot better than Steph Curry. But no, I, I know that I can't. I know that right? I can't. <laughs> well, we're in on that one. I like that. Seraphin, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. And uh, and actually, it, what time is it over there right now currently? We're, uh, we're it's at? now uh, 20 to 5. Oh, well, see, there you go. It's almost dinner time for you. Almost. 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 <laughs> I, I, I got training before. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to take too much of your time up surfing, but uh, it's an honor and a privilege to having you on. And thank you so much for uh, welcoming rugby to the podcast. And uh, I'll definitely uh, get you back on here in the near future once the holidays kind of surpass. And uh, I wish you the best uh, in the rain season. Thank you, mate. Whenever you want. It's been a pleasure to be with you as well. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, surfing from Sarlat Rugby Team. Surfing, take care and God bless.